friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store for you, but man, I'm loving hearing all your thoughts about our last couple of shows with Gabe Lyons and with the girls from She Reads Truth. I am real thankful for y'all's kind words, and I really appreciate how much you're loving those shows. Me too. Before we jump into our episode today, I want to take a moment and tell you about one of our incredible partners, Pros. Y'all, Pros is the world's most personalized hair care. You know my hair can occasionally have a mind of its own, so I need hair care products that help with manageability. And I love when my shampoo and conditioner give my hair fullness and shine. Well, there's no one-size-fits-all when it comes to hair care, but you know that. I just love how Pros shampoo and conditioner have added volume and shine to my very straight hair. <laughs> just makes my hair feel healthy and strong, which I love. The way Pros personalizes your products is through a quiz you take. Y'all know I love quizzes. It's where they ask you all kinds of details like the region you live in and things about your diet and lifestyle things I didn't even know had anything to do with my hair. And then they use your answers and the over 50 billion formula combinations to determine a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact hair concerns. And if you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've used, they will take the product back, no questions asked. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, and you can join them. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Just go to pros.com slash that sounds fun. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash that sounds fun for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Again, that's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash that sounds fun for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. And now to our conversation today with John Bevere. You guys, we have had a Bevere party at the That Sounds Fun podcast in 2020. Remember, Lisa was on episode 239, his wife, and their son Addison and wife Juliana were part of Couples Month in February of 2020. I adore them. You guys, I feel the same about John. He is just such an incredible leader and teacher. His new book comes out in just a couple of weeks called X multiply your God-given potential. So go ahead and order that so it will arrive at your house on November 17th. And enjoy this conversation with my friend, John Bevere. Hi, John. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Annie. What a privilege to be on your program. My gosh. I This has been a Bevere year for us. Three out of six. Is that right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and you're soon to probably have another one because our, our baby son just is coming out with his, I say baby son, he's 26. Ah. Yep. So anyway, he's his book comes out in January of 2021. Okay. So just Great. a couple months away. We'll just keep going. We'll just keep lighting him up. The terrible part of this story for everyone is you and I were going to get to be in the same room because you're uh, in Nashville. Uh, and but for now we're... Know, I, I was so excited, like beyond oh, measure right. because... Annie and I spent three days, Annie, Lisa, and I, and a bunch of yeah. leaders, friends like Gabe and Rebecca Lyons, spent three days riding horses and together up in Colorado, and it was a leadership meeting. It was amazing, and I got to yeah. know you, 
I thought, this is one amazing lady. So oh, it was going to be like a big reunion. And now I'm sitting in my hotel room and you're in your studio. <laughs> That's right. Man, I'm so, when I think back on that week this summer, honestly, the times you and I spent riding our horses next to each other and chatting are some of the things, the pieces I took away the most. It's just, it's amazing when you get out and do something with other people, how strong the memories are. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, Annie, guys bond that way better. I, I will say this, and I'm not saying this about your or my time, but I'm saying that I, for some reason, I talk more comfortably when I'm doing something, playing yeah. golf, riding a horse. And so I, I know ladies ladies can bond anywhere. Sometimes it takes a, a an atmosphere like that for guys to just kind of open up and bear their, their heart. Maybe, maybe that was it. I don't know. <laughs> I've heard that before. I've heard people tell me in like dating advice, like when you want to have a serious conversation with the guy you're seeing, go on a walk or let him or y'all go on a drive and him drive or y'all, you know, do something where you're not necessarily face to face, but you're ear to ear. And it's so true. Lisa's yeah. and my best talks are when we're walking on the beach side by side. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it, it's been true for me, too. I find that if I need to have a serious conversation with a guy friend or a coworker or someone I'm seeing that I'm like, let's let's go on a walk. <laughs> You're a smart lady. <laughs> well, we're, we're trying. I, it actually it, truthfully, it works better for my brain, too. I like like I think one of the things the pandemic has taken from all of us. But one of the things that's been acute for my my personal self is I love experiences with people like we had at Lost Valley Ranch and we don't get to do those right now. Yeah, I, I know it's, it's been a real tough year for a lot of people. I've been very blessed in that uh, we were considered an essential organization in Colorado. So they still permitted at least 50% of us to meet. So I have not gone through the isolation that some Americans have gone through. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine how tough it is, especially if you're a people person like you and I are. So yeah, it's it's been rough for some people. And I just want to give our friends a heads up. We are recording this before the American presidential election. And so it's just going to be there are things that our friends listening know that we don't know, which is amazing. <laughs> right. But right. Well, I don't Tell know me. how yeah. we play this. We may not know who won the presidential election. I, I That's think it's, true. That's it's, true. It's kind of, I, think, I think we're headed for drama and I'm not being a prophet right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I do. I mean, that is one of the gifts you offer so many of us is you do kind of have insight and thought and uh, and a prophet voice a little bit into what's coming next and, and what you're experiencing with God, even even right now and what you've experienced in 2020, how should we be praying and, and where are you seeing God do amazing things? Well, the greatest safety for any person right now, and I said this when we were together in June, I believe is praying that God would baptize you with the Holy Spirit of the fear of the Lord. I look at Jesus and he delighted in the fear of the Lord. And the Bible says that he was heard because of his godly fear. The fear of the Lord, and Annie, I got to make sure that your audience understands what I'm saying. Yes, it's I was going to get you to describe it for us. The fear of the Lord is not to be scared of God. I mean, God passionately, I can't say that word passionately strong enough, wants to be intimate with all of his children. Mm -hmm. However, the fear of the Lord doesn't mean, because you can't be have an intimate relationship with someone you're scared of. The fear of the Lord actually means you're terrified of being away from him. 
So you embrace his heart. In other words, nothing brings fear to you because you will serve who you fear. So you fear him above everyone else, above everything else. So that means you take his heart on. What he loves, you love. What he what he hates, you hates. What he dislikes, you dislike. And so the fear of the Lord, you know, I, I, I've seen it religiously brought on people. I fear God. That's why I hate those sinners. No, you don't fear God because you hate what he loves. God mm. loves every human being on this earth. So no human being that truly fears God will ever hate any human being. They will hate the sin that undoes people. Mm. So the fear of the Lord. So now, now let me go to the flip side of it. A lot of Christians today dislike what God hates. <laughs> you say God hates something? Oh, yeah. I mean, look at Hebrews. Because you've loved mm. righteousness and hated iniquity. Iniquity mm. means disobedience to the authority of God. And so when why, why, why would anybody hate what is disobedient to God? Well, let me just explain it like this. I have four sons. Christmas Day was always a work day for me. So Because Christmas, you're pastoring? No, because I had to put together toys. Oh, sure. <laughs> That's right. Now I get it. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm your typical guy. I'm the typical guy that unloads the box of pieces on the floor, throws the manual over to the side and starts building. After two hours of building, I think I'm finished, but there's still 10 pieces on the floor. Mm. I turn the switch on and it doesn't work. And so now what do I have to do? I have to go get the manual, the guy that designed, the guy that wrote this manual that designed this toy, this, this machine for kids. I deconstruct for another hour this entire project. <laughs> and then I start putting it back together and it works. Yeah. So here's what the fear of the Lord is. We understand that God is our creator. So he knows what makes us. He knows what breaks us. So therefore, we take seriously what he says in his word, and we take it with the same heart that he says it. You know, a, a religious person is one who uses God's word to execute his own desires. Mm. The person that fears God looks at his word and says, give me your heart so that I can execute what you desire with your attitude, heart. You, 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 you see what I'm saying? Yes. And so, um, you know, there are people that will actually use scripture and they'll use it for their advantage. They'll use it to manipulate. They will use it to dominate. They will use it to, to be covetous and get what I want. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, what is the heart of God in this situation? So in this season right now, the world's just going to get crazier. It is yeah. because their understanding is darkened. So don't expect the world to make sense. Don't expect the world to make great decisions if they're alienated from the life of God. The only people that have true wisdom are those who fear the Lord because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's that's my take on the times. <laughs> and, my, and one of the things I really struggle with, John, is I have friends that diametrically disagree and both believe in Jesus. Right. And so then you that's where I struggle with with some of uh, where I get confused, I think, and where I get scared, maybe is how I feel. I'm like going through my feelings chart (laughs) is where I feel fear is that where both of us should feel the greatest fear because the demons believe in Jesus and they even tremble. That's what Mm -hmm. James said. Mm -hmm. You hear the word, but you don't obey it. Well, you say that you believe in God. Big deal. The demons believe in God. I mean, he's trying Mm -hmm. to wake these people up. And the people that are in the greatest danger right now, Annie, are those who, quote, believe in Jesus, but he's not their Lord. Mm. 
How do we know that looking in the mirror? How can we be sure that we are obeying scripture as it really is? That's why I said we need the fear of the Lord. To him who wills to do his will, Jesus says in John 7, he will know that the words that I speak are from God. Mm -hmm. So you have to remember Israel, Christians down through the century, they had ears to hear, but they didn't hear. They had eyes to see, but they didn't see. They had a heart, but they didn't perceive and understand. What closes people's eyes, ears, and heart to the truth is when they don't will in the deepest part of their being to do his will, no matter if it's comfortable or not, no matter if it brings me suffering or not, no matter if it makes me unpopular or not. Mm. But remember, at the bottom line of everything, God deeply loves people. But love, the way God defines it, is not the way love, our world defines it. Our world defines love as, hey, you accept me the way I am and embrace the way I am and celebrate the way I am. And that is like us saying to God, well, you made me this way. I can't change. No, the goal of God is to create every Christian in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. That is the goal. Okay. Paul said that I might be conformed to his image. So, you know, if you sit there and say, well, that's just the way I am and I'm not going to change or I'm just a sinner and I can't change because a lot of Christians will say, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And that's just a license for them to live however they want to live, Annie. Mm-hmm. And in essence, no, God has given us the empowerment to change. I mean, when somebody says, hey, I, that's just the way I am. I can't get out of this. That's like saying the blood of Jesus is powerful enough just to get us out of the penalty of sin, but it's not quite powerful enough to get me free from the bondage of sin. Those people wow. have not really read into the scripture to realize that God not only saved us and delivered us from the penalty of sin, but he put his divine nature in us. So the question is, is our soul going to hang on to darkness and block that life that's in us? Or are we going to allow our mind to be renewed so the life of God can come flowing out of us? So what's that? A, I totally agree with you. <laughs> B, like on a on a normal Thursday, what does it look like to renew our minds? Is that a practice we can do like while we're dropping the kids off at, at school or while we're cleaning the house or while we're at work? Or is there, what does it look like to really renew our minds so that we're sure we're connecting? So I'm, I'm amazed at how many people do not read their Bibles. So yes. I... Yes, I was a member of a denomination that my denomination told me things that after I got for 20 years, that after I got saved, I found out were, weren't even in the scripture. Oh, wow. And I realized that I had put my eternal destiny in the hands of what my pastor was saying to me. And what my pastor was saying to me, 75% of it wasn't even in the Bible. That much, Annie. It's it's crazy. Wow. But that much. And I and I was I was I thought so so much I, I belong to God, but yet I was deceived. Paul was the same way. He believed what he was really doing was of God, but there's two things we need. We need the teacher. That is that is the Holy, that is the Holy Spirit. We need mm-hmm. him to teach us. I never sit down and read my Bible without saying, Holy Spirit, please open my eyes, show me things about Jesus I've never seen before. Reveal him to me in a way I've never oh, known. Oh, every time. Every time I've read the Bible over 40 years, but yet it's still my favorite book to read. Now, Mm -hmm. with what we have today, with the U version, we've got Logos Bible software with the the ability that we have. 
we can be dropping the kids off and we got scripture playing. You know, <laughs> right, right. I'm getting ready this morning and I'm listening to the word of God as I'm getting ready. Okay. Yeah. So I make sure that I am putting the word of God because Job says it's food to me. Okay. It is, I love your word more than even my necessary physical food. Now, here's the thing. And, and a lot of your listeners, I, I hope they really hear what I'm saying. Um, if, if we go without eating physical food, I mean, I, I, I want to encourage everybody that's listening to us right now. If, if you don't believe what I'm saying is true, why don't you, you, you know, most people, the extent of what they hear is what their pastor teaches on Sunday morning. So why don't you try eating a, a meal, a meal once a week and make sure it's a light meal. And then you go six days without eating a meal and then eat another light meal and do this for about four months and tell me if you've got any strength. Well, you and I, we know what happens if we don't eat physical food. Our stomach yep. screams, I'm hungry. But here's the, here's the scary thing. When we don't eat the word of God, our spirit gets quieter. Right. It doesn't yell like my body yells. That's correct. That's dumb. That's and, It should be the other way around. <laughs> I, I know. I wish it was the other way around. So what that means is the less we read the word of God, the less we have an appetite for it. Hmm. Yeah, that feels very true. I mean, I'm thinking through my own life and, and the seasons where I didn't read the Bible very much, I didn't read the Bible very much. And when I do read it more often, I want to read it more often. Correct. And then those seasons, do you remember that you didn't have the spiritual strength that you had when you were in the Word? Yeah. You, what I'm thinking is I remember feeling, I'm thinking about about maybe nine or 10 years ago. And when I was, and I, I remember feeling like I cannot figure out what to do. That's what I remember thinking is when I was making decisions, I couldn't figure out what to do. So everybody should look at reading the Word of God as a boot camp. If I take a man and I send him to war without boot camp, his chances are a whole lot higher that he's going to be killed. However, if I train a man in boot camp and then I send him into battle, he is going to have the finest training in the world because the American Armed Forces train better than anybody with maybe the exception of Israel. Now, his chances of surviving are greater. I've given him the weapons. The other guy went over there just in his own ability. I've given him the weapons. I've given him everything. And Annie, this world is not a playground. It's a battleground. And Man, so I think we forget that so much. Yeah. So we're going into battle unprepared. And, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, the devil doesn't come with a pitchfork and horns and a cape and say, hi, I'm here to destroy you today. Right. He does it so subtly. I mean, the Bible says that if possible in the last days, even the elect are going to be deceived. Why? Because he transforms. He doesn't say he can't. He can. It says the, that Satan does transform himself as an angel of light. So any way that he tries to hook a believer is always going to feel good, look good, smell good, taste good, sound good, yeah. etc. That's what the word of God does is the word of God equips us. It mm. equips us to be able to live a life of godliness in a very corrupt environment. 
Yeah, I, I felt like when when COVID started and we were seeing the effects of it, because I've been reading, I've been reading the Gospels every month this year, like looping through them every month. And I was like, well, John 10, 10 says that the enemy steals, kills and destroys. And that's what this thing is doing. Like, I, I feel like I was more able to recognize what the enemy looks like because I've spent so much time with the truth. Yes, yes. And that that feels like a something I didn't know I would gain from reading the Bible like this, like reading it specifically Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John over and over for this whole year. Hey, friends, just taking a short break from this conversation with John to give a shout out to our amazing partners at Freshly. Our friends at Freshly help make all of the hashtag food blogger dreams come true. They understand that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple. They get us, you guys. They know we appreciate good food that's simple to make. With Freshly, you can avoid all that time spent wandering the aisles at the grocery store and simply enjoy fully prepared dinners delivered fresh, not frozen, right to your door. I don't know about you, but I am here for food that comes to my door. The chefs and nutritionists at Freshly do all the hard work, you guys. So all you have to do is heat it up for three minutes and dinner is ready. You can choose from recipes like Better For You Beef and Broccoli Bowl or Harvest Time Chicken Risotto. And those are only a few of their health conscious options. So delicious, y'all. They are so good. Join almost one and a half million satisfied customers and your friend Annie and skip the shopping, prepping, cooking, and cleanup. Freshly is offering our friends $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash sounds fun. Again, that's Freshly.com slash sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with John Bevere. So I was in prayer uh, about four years ago. And the whole I love when you start stories like this. <laughs> the Holy Spirit showed me that the Word of God is a calibration for us. And I thought, okay, I understand calibration because I studied engineering at Purdue University. So I wanted to make sure I understood. A, a calibration is a word that is most frequently, and, and, and so I'm going to do application because it's easier to yeah. understand. It's most frequently understood or used, excuse me, in regard to gas detectors that are in chemical plants. Now, our federal law requires that every room in a chemical factory has to have a gas detector because in chemical factories, if there's a leak, it can damage the employees for life or even kill them. Okay. Now, the number one manufacturer of gas detectors is Honeywell. So I went to Honeywell's website. So Annie, I did not get this from any Christian book, any Christian yeah. website. I went to, and you know, my, because of my technical knowledge and in, in training, I go to the page that the technician uses to calibrate the gas detectors. And when I go to that page, it has in bold letters in the top, warning, we strongly advise that you calibrate every single day. And then they give the reason in bold letter oh, wow. because the atmosphere can corrupt the sensors. Oh, wow. Okay. So now let's talk about this, right? Yeah. All right. So we live in a corrupt environment, the world. We need to go into a, and, and by the way, the way they calibrate them, they bring them into a clean air room 
and they adjust the machine, clean the sensors. So we need oh, to go wow. to a clean air room. That means it's not polluted by the atmosphere. It's totally <laughs> clean. They have to go through a dusting off process, all that stuff. We should go to our clean air room, which is the word of God each morning. We should recalibrate our hearts so that when we come out, we can discern what is good and perfect and acceptable will of God. That's what Paul meant when he said to the Roman church, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be corrupted by the way it thinks. It looks at things, but be renewed, mm. calibrated, recalibrated by the renewing of your mind so that we can prove what is the will of God. Mm-hmm. So it's a for and, and I th- this is true for me too. You you really think it's a morning discipline as best you can because it recalibrates you for the whole day. I will awaken the dawn, David says. Mm-hmm. I just wish everybody would just take get set their alarm fifty. It, 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 if if it's only fifteen minutes, I'd be I'd be so happy with the American mm-hmm. Church. Yeah. Fifteen minutes earlier and just spend fifteen minutes in the Word of God and in prayer while you're reading the Word of God. And I believe people will see a difference in their life. Yeah. Do you, and you read through the whole Bible every year? Um, you know, Annie, I, I, that's a really good question. So I used to have that goal, but I realized that there were times that I would be reading and it was so wonderful, the presence and what God was opening up to me. I'd only get half a chapter done and I didn't care. (laughs) Right. So what what I'm more interested in is quality time, not quantity. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say there is something to reading through the Bible because it just washes you. So there is an element of that that I totally believe in. But the last couple of years, I I think I got through the Bible in a year and a half and Mm -hmm. I didn't care. Yeah. You know, because I thought I'm I'm getting so much out of what the Holy Spirit's showing me. I don't want to rush this. Yes, yes. I've tried to be very disciplined about doing three chapters of the gospels every day, just and doing it every month, as I told you. And and there are times where I want to slow down and but I feel the pressure to like, no, I'm trying to get through it the whole month. But I also can see, I mean, someone out of nowhere last week, a, a man I don't know, John, DM'd me or messaged me on Instagram somehow and said, uh, I can tell you're different because you've been reading the Gospels. Wow. <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe it. But I thought, no, I I, I think he's right. I think I'm calmer. I think I think I feel more peaceful. I'm, I don't stress about the things I used to stress about. And I like being around Jesus this much. I do, too. I do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's, Bible reading and prayer kind of leads me right into your new book, X, Multiply Your God-Given Potential, because I think from what I've read of the book, it it really flows from that. It flows from your private time with the Lord. It flows from who you are into how do we make a difference on the planet? Because that's what everyone wants, especially right now in 2020, when we feel like the world may not be going the way we want it to. We want to impact other people. Right now, the message that's going out over social media and mainstream media is protect, uh, retreat, uh, self-preservation. When in reality, Jesus's command to us was occupy until I come. So let's let's start there. So let's now go to Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, we all know the scripture. We're saved by grace. It's not of works 
We can never work good enough, hard enough, kindly enough in order to earn our salvation. But I find a lot of people stop there and they don't read verse 10. And verse 10 says four and four is a conjunction, which means because of this, we are God's workmanship creating Christ Jesus to do good works. So if you hear somebody say he has a call of God on their life, where does your mind go? Or she has a call of God on her life. Mm. Well, she's supposed to be the next Annie F. Downs. She's uh, she's supposed to be a missionary. He's supposed to be a pastor. She's supposed to be, you know, um, a worship leader. That is so sad. It's tragic. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it shows that we have not properly taught the church. Every single child of God has a call on their life. Now, Jesus yeah. made the statement Two things that I see the scriptures say is our food. Number one is the scripture. Number two is our work. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. We are creating Christ Jesus to do good works. Now works, these works don't get us saved. These works are what we get to do in conjunction with the Holy Spirit to build the kingdom of God. And these are the things we will be rewarded for forever and ever and ever at the judgment seat of Christ, which is the believer's judgment. So in other words, that's like an award ceremony. And I don't want to go to an award ceremony and not have an award. I would hate that. But yet the Bible right. says there will be a lot of Christians that will come. They'll be saved, but they'll come through as coming through fire. In other words, no eternal rewards. That's going to be wow. very, very sad. Yeah. So this book is to help people become aware that they are a vital, and I mean vital, part of building the church. I don't care if you're a stay-at-home mom. I don't care if you're a single mom. I don't care if you're a guy that works in a factory. If you're a janitor in a high school, you have a tremendous call of God on your life. And this all began when this message about seven years ago, when uh, one of our partners was in a car with me, we had just got done playing around a golf in Los Angeles. And he said, John, I, I just... I'm troubled and I'm, and I'm, re- this is the number one thing on my mind. He got really vulnerable. He said, look, mm-hmm. I have, I have worked really hard to build my businesses up to thir- uh, $9 million. My worth, my personal worth right now is 9 million. He said, my wife's cared for life. My children are cared for life. He said, why should I continue to work at this pace through the decade of my fifties when my wife and children are all cared for? <clears throat> and yeah. I said, Hmm, let me answer it like this. I said, Stan, um, and that's a fic- fictional name I gave him, Stan, and he's a friend of mine, so I just wanted to keep it that way. Yeah, of course. I've, I've written 17 books at that time. Now it's 22 books. My gosh. Said, I've gotten on planes, traveled to over 60 nations, fought jet lag, eaten the craziest foods, stayed in little box hotel rooms for 200 nights a year. I said, <clears throat> stood on major platforms all over the world and preached the gospel you know, my wife's cared for life. My children are cared for life. Why should I get on another plane? Why should I write another book? And he laughed. And you know what he said? This is crazy. He said, John, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes when you stand before Jesus. Mm. He actually laughed when he said that to me. (laughs) I I said, Stan, you just said the exact same words. And I remember his little grin left his face. Right. We're in downtown LA and he turns to me in utter shock. And he goes, what are you talking about? Hmm. I said, here's the deal. Every single child of God is called to build the kingdom. I said, and with that calling comes gifts. 
And we can, because we're stewards of these gifts, we can do whatever we want with these gifts. These are actually God's abilities that he places on our life. I said, we can use these gifts to build ourselves. We can use these gifts as intended to build a kingdom, or we can just sit on the gifts. Mm. And I said, with me, you've, You've connected the dots. You see how my gifts of writing and speaking are building the kingdom. So you see it for me. The problem is you haven't connected the dots for you. And in reality, Stan, I have a seen gift. I'm on platforms. People read my books. And my Bible tells me that the parts of the body that are not seen are more valuable than the parts that are seen. So in reality, it very well could be that what you do in building the kingdom is more important than what I do. And I remember six months later, he said to me, I've been haunted in a good way by the words you spoke to me. Hmm. And I said, well, what are you doing about it? He said, I'm working my tail off to build my business up to 35 million so I can give more to the kingdom. I think one of the most tragic stories I've ever heard in regard to this subject is a friend of mine, pastors, a 40,000 member church, and he has a big conference. He's a really close friend. And He has a big conference once a year, and pastors and leaders come from all over the country and around the world to his conference, and he is a very well-known medical doctor in his church. And he was walking through his very large auditorium, and he saw the medical doctor putting pamphlets on the seats for the delegates for the conference that was going to begin the next day. And he rushed over and said, Doc, Doc, no, no, you don't need to be doing this. We have interns. We have... Uh, volunteers that are going to do this. And he said, the doctor rebuked him in a very respectful way. Yeah. And he said, pastor, I take one week a year off my medical practice so I can build the kingdom of God. Please don't take this away from me. Hmm. I have cried over that. I was on a podcast last week where I broke down crying hmm. because it's so sad. That doctor views the 51 weeks a year that he walks into his medical practice as the secular. Right. Use the one week a year where he's serving for that conference as the sacred. So now tell me. That feels off. That's so off, right? Totally off. So for most people, the sacred is when I listen to Annie, when I go to church for my 90 minutes on Sunday, when I read my Bible for the 15 minutes, no, It's all sacred. It's all sacred. Yep. So that means like the plumber. If if the plumber wasn't gifted the way God has gifted him, let's say that 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 toilet would have overflowed and that single mom would have spent two hours cleaning up that toilet. But because he fixed that toilet, she was able to pray and intercede. And as a result, 3000 people got saved in Cambodia. Mm. But the, the sad thing is, and I'll take it one step further. We limit our gifts to the four walls of the church. So in other words, last year I was speaking for, you know, the Bethel group. They had a big yeah. conference in, in, um, in Dallas, Texas. I remember the leader of the conference called me three weeks beforehand and said, hey, there's a multi-billionaire that wants to meet with you. I said, okay. He said he's flying his Gulfstream 550 around the country and he wants to meet with certain ministers so they can speak into his life. And you're one of the ones he wants to meet with. Wow. And so I said, okay. So at the arena. (laughs) Did you feel that casual? (laughs) uh, Yeah, I did. Yeah, you did at this point. (laughs) 35 years, Annie. Right. I have learned, I have learned that people are people. 
That's mm-hmm. what I've learned. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's another whole message. But so I remember walking in, very nice man. I mean, very. you could tell this guy's godly. He's yeah. married to an Asian woman. He's from New Zealand. They live in Asia, but he's got houses all over the world. And um, that lunch turned into a three-hour conversation in which I really believe I was there for my sake. Hmm. Because he said, John, I'm, I, I, I'm, I was in the business world and I was struggling. I was floundering. And he said, John, um, I, would, I would do everything the way the business world said to do it. And he said, one day I'm sitting in Sunday morning service and I'm looking at my pastor and I said, gosh, he's called to do what he does. I'm called to the marketplace. But yet he depends on the Holy Spirit to do what he does. Why, why don't I depend on the Holy Spirit? So he said, I started getting my notepad out in the morning and I just say, okay, God, what are we doing today? Holy Spirit, show me. And he said, he started telling me to do some very unconventional things. And he told me one of them, and it really was unconventional. And he said, the Lord just said, do it. Didn't say how many times to do it. So he said, I thought, well, the king shot the arrow three times and got rebuked by the prophet for not shooting at five or six. So he said, I did it 20 times. (laughs) And he said, you know what the result of that board meeting was? And I said, no. He said, I now own 20 hospitals in Vietnam. Oh my, oh my gosh. Then he told me how he bought the second largest bank in the world. And that was even crazier. Oh my so gosh. Um, I'm looking at this man and I, he, what happened was he, he takes his calling seriously now, mm-hmm. whereas he didn't before. So this is why you will see so many people today that don't have the passion of Mother Teresa, of Annie Downs, of Billy Graham. Why? Because they see themselves in the secular. So the first thing we got to understand is, We're all called to build a kingdom and we have these unique gifts and these gifts aren't really our abilities. They're God's abilities. Mm. The places on our life. Now, the whole book, why is the book called Acts? It's a big multiplication symbol. So up till 10 years ago, I always saw faithful as being steadfast, dependent, reliable, loyal, true, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. However, within the last 10 years, God, without a doubt, showed me that one of the most important definitions of faithful is multiplication. Okay. You say, but John, that's not in the dictionary. It is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. If you look at the parable, the talents, talents, are, those talents represent, with me, without me making a long story short, our, our giftings. Okay. Each one in the body of Christ, according to Peter, has received a gift. The Greek word is charisma, which is charis, grace, with an M and an A on it. It's a specific ability of God. It actually belongs to God that gives us the ability to go beyond natural ability. Well, in the parable of the talents, we've got three servants and they don't get equal number of charismas. One gets five, one gets two, one gets one. The two servants multiply what's been given. One ends up with 10, the other ends up with four. Well done, good and faithful servant. Hmm. You were faithful. Now, oh, whoa, 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 stop. You were faithful? What's the only thing Jesus identifies that those two guys did? Yeah, multiply. Yeah. He didn't say you were consistent, dependable, loyal, true. He said the only thing he says is they multiplied. You were faithful. He directly equates being faithful with multiplication. Then he looks at the other guy who just maintains his gift and he says, You wicked and lazy servant. Now Jesus doesn't mm-hmm. remember this guy's in the kingdom. He's got gifts. He doesn't use words careless, carelessly. 
That word wicked means possessing a serious fault that causes us to be worthless in our labor. Mm. Okay. Lazy means slothful. We understand that. So in regard to our labor, Jesus views those who multiply as good and faithful and those who maintain as lazy. Right. And that's really eye-opening when you look at that parable. Yes. So he, and, and this is why, you know, Paul took his gift so seriously. He said, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. Why does he say that? Because he realizes the gift of God on his life isn't for him. It's for others. So the gift of God on Annie's life isn't for her. It's for me. It's for others. Mm-hmm. The gift of God on everybody listening, it's not for you. It's for those in your world of influence. If you sit on that gift, that means those people in your world of influence don't get what God intended them to get. If I was to sit there and say, gosh, I want to retire, then all the people that God would want me to reach in the next 20, 30, 40 years would not be reached. And that's why we are to occupy. I said this right at the top of our talk. Oh, I wrote it down. Do business until he returns. Yeah, occupy until I return. Yeah, Right, the world wants to shut us down right now. I'm just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you all about another one of our amazing partners indeed. As a small business owner myself, something I'm always super intentional about is who we add to our team. Y'all have seen that on my social media. We are so careful and thoughtful because hiring the right person for the job is a game changer. But finding those high qualified candidates for your open positions can be tricky, right? Well, Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed helps you find the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. They offer things like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. Here's the thing, 73% of people, you guys, 73% of people looking for a job online visit Indeed each month. Indeed has helped over 3 million businesses find great hires and they can help you too. So right now, Indeed is offering our friends a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. So try Indeed out with the free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. This is their best offer anywhere, y'all. So go right now to Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Terms and conditions apply. And the offer is valid through December 31st. So when you think, uh, when you're talking about that, the multiplication, how does that play out? Let's talk about the people who have jobs in the mainstream world, people who are stay-at-home moms or dads. How does it play out to multiply? I can look at my life and my calling and see a real easy, everyone could look at yours and my jobs and go, yeah, they write a book one time and it gets sold all over the place. What does it look like to multiply when you're in your in your local environment, whether it's your doctor's office where you are the doctor or whether you're a stay-at-home parent? Absolutely. That's a great question. So first thing this book helps you do is identify what is your unique God gift, gift or gifts that he's placed on your life? Yes, we need that. Some of them it's obvious, some of them it's not. I mean, you look at Akiana, when she paints Prince of Peace at eight years old, obvious gift. You look at other people and you'll think, oh, that's just a natural ability, when in reality it isn't. It gives them the ability to go beyond their ability. And 
I'm going to get a little more complex in our talk. Okay. So oh, good. gifts, uh, all right. Remember gifts is chorus plus an M and an A. So it's an aspect of grace. Okay. Our abilities, my ability to write, which that was my worst subject in high school, by the way. And now we have over 41 million resources all over the world in 111 different languages. Okay. So my ability, here I was terrible at English and writing. I scored 370 on the SAT and verbal. And yet when God asked me to write, I said, "Uh, you got the wrong person. Talk to my English teacher. 10 months later, two women from two different states said, if you don't write what God's giving you to write, he'll give the message to somebody else. And one day you'll have to give an account. So I wrote a contract and I said, God, I need grace. And Mm -hmm. I signed the contract. Well, It's really interesting, Annie. Here's where it gets really, really interesting. The Bible says in Romans 5, 2, that the only way to receive grace is through faith. We have, here's the exact wording. We have access to this grace through faith. Let me give you an example. The whole world saved. The whole world. Jesus is perpetuation for our sins, but not only ours, but for the whole world. That's what John said. Why is the majority of mankind going to hell? Because... Only few believe. Hmm. Okay, so what did believing do? It accessed it accessed saving grace. Now, yeah. grace is defined in Scripture as God's empowerment. My grace is sufficient for you for my power. God identifies as grace as His power. Do you know a survey was done and only two percent of the Christians in America understand that grace is God's empowerment? So. Wow. What does that mean? 98% of us are trying to live and, and fulfill our calling in our own ability. Just in our own strength. Yeah. In our own way of thinking it up. Yep. Because we don't know that grace is God's ability that gives us the ability to go beyond our natural ability. And so I'm going to tell everybody on this show, your calling is beyond your natural ability. How do I know that? Because God said, I will never share my glory with anyone. So if God made your calling within your natural ability, he'd have to share the glory with you. So God on purpose made your calling beyond your natural ability. So you'd have to depend on grace, charis or charisma, the gift. Wow. Yeah. To fulfill it. So the first problem we have is many people listening to us right now are trying to serve God in their own ability instead of realizing God has placed supernatural abilities on you. And those are given for the reason of building his kingdom. Now, what X does this book is helps a single mom identify that. Yeah. I talk in there, in this book, how a single woman has now affected over 40,500 people. Oh my God. In her county in Florida. And she she's in the second largest city in Florida. And, and just doing it locally. She's not even like internet famous. She has impacted at the least 40,500 people and has people imitating what she's doing all over the country. Mm. I have that story in the book. Yay. Okay. So this is not a 20 minute conversation. This takes a systematic walking through the scripture to see. And Annie, why this is not preached more, I don't understand it. And I was just praying this morning. I said, God, we need the body of Christ to get active. In other words, if only 2% of us really understand that our giftings are supernatural, so we believe for that, what do you call a human being that only 2% of 
his or her body works. You call that human being an invalid. Yeah. So nothing can be done of eternal value unless it's done by faith, because that's what accesses the grace to do it. Mm. And that's what I'm really believing is going to happen when people read this book, because we walk through identifying gifts, developing gifts, and then releasing gifts. And I'm not talking about natural gifts. I'm talking about supernatural gifts. And I'm talking about supernatural gifts outside the four walls of the church. Yes. And I, I mean, I can just imagine groups of friends sitting down and reading this together and going through it together and, and taking a couple of weeks or even a few months and, and helping each other identify. Cause I think so often what hinders me from doing the thing that feels too big for me is I don't see it as well as the people around me see it. Yes. Yes. And so that we are to be people of faith. And right now I'm concerned, you know, a missionary came back from Africa or came from Africa. His dream was to come to the United States. I mean, and he finally, God provided him the money and he came and he preached in some of our churches, big churches in the United States, because he's he's a very well-known um, mm-hmm. African leader. And towards the end of his uh his uh, tour in the United States, because he had several large churches set up. Someone asked him, well, you, you have the dream of your life. You got to come to America. What do you have to say after now seeing some of these churches, meeting believers? Mm. He said, I'm so glad I wasn't born in America. And, oh, wow. and the person was puzzled because this was his dream. And he said, well, right. he said, why? He said, because in America, you can have what appears to be God without God involved at all. He said, in Africa, we have to believe God. Oh, gosh. And, you know, Annie, I, you know, what was the number one problem with the Church of Laodicea? Oh, gosh, good quiz. Uh, They were lukewarm. Well, yeah, but. Wrong one. No, 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 I know. Let's let, and I'm not saying this to embarrass you. I I want to, I want to come out that really applies here. He's, they were very rich. They were very wealthy, right? Yeah. Jesus said, you need nothing. Remember that? Because you're yes. wealthy. Yes. You say I'm wealthy, I'm rich, and I need nothing. Mm. Okay, what created their complacency? They could have what appeared to be God without God involved at all. Yeah, wow. So in a nation like the United States, we have to stir ourselves up to be people of faith. Yep. And we can't be at that state where we need nothing. John, I'm telling you, I was about to, I'm going to say it out loud anyway, but it sounds scary to, for us to start being people that pray, God, make me a person of faith. Cause that's like asking the Lord to teach you patience. It feels like you're signing up <laughs> for some, for some uncomfortable things. Well, you know, it's a gift. Faith is a gift and it's mm-hmm. a law and it's, it's not a mistake that the Apostle Paul said, the word of faith that we preach, because everything, unless it's sovereignly given, everything received from heaven has to come by faith. If you look in the Gospels, there's only a couple incidences, the man at the pool of Bethesda, that didn't have faith, but yet God sovereignly moved and Jesus healed him. Right. But if you look at most of the miracles in the Bible, Jesus looks at them and says, be it done to you according to your faith. 
And the two people that believed the most were actually two foreigners, a Greek woman and a Roman soldier. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I love that. The one story where the man says, um, I believe help my unbelief. Yeah. That like tension feels very human to me. I, I love that because he was he was vulnerable and he was honest. Yeah. yeah. And I find that God meets us when we're vulnerable and honest, but he doesn't meet us when we're lazy. Mm. That man didn't have the scripture available to him. He didn't have he wasn't in the meetings with Jesus. I look at people that listen to scriptures over and over and over again, and they filter it through they filter scripture through their experience or others experiences. And so therefore, they keep nullifying the word of God. Mm. See, the Bible says in Hebrews 4, this is one of the most terrifying scriptures in the Bible. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm, gonna, I'm ready. Gonna, Hebrews 4, verse 1. For the gospel was preached to us as well as unto them. Who's them? The children of Israel. Mm -hmm. But the gospel preached to them didn't profit them, not being mixed with faith. So because they heard the same God, they heard the gospel, but the word of God, which heaven and earth can pass away, but not one jot or tittle, didn't mm -hmm. profit them because they didn't mix it with faith. Wow. So when, so I want to kind of wrap us on this because I want you to give us some directive on what to do next. I want, I mean, obviously reading X will help us identify our own gifts, but when, and, and actually know what to do with them and how to multiply and occupy. I love that. Like occupy until Jesus comes back. I love that. Do you, I mean, do we just ask God for the gift of faith? Is that the next move? Well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So do we ask him for something that he already tells us how to get? So read the Bible. That's it. <laughs> That's where we started. And I Back will say where we started. The apostles said to Jesus, increase our faith. And, and he made this statement. He said, if you have faith of a seed, you would say. So the first thing is faith is released by what we speak. So many mm -hmm. people, because they don't have the word of God in their heart, they speak what they see instead of speaking prophetically. Mm -hmm. To speak prophetically is to speak as God sees, as God hears, as God speaks. So you know, uh, that's the first problem. Then the second problem, he talks about this guy plowing a field and planting, right? And then he said, he said, when he comes in and he's harvested the food, does the master of the house say to him, feed yourself first? He said, no, complete yeah. what I told you to do yeah. and feed me. Then you can feed. Hmm. The second aspect of of faith is being obedient to what God speaks as to completion. And that's a real important. So it's not just reading the scripture because there's a lot of people that read the Bible don't have faith. I mean, the, the Pharisees quoted the first five books of the Bible from memory, but they can't recognize right. the son of God when he's casting it, getting a person healed right in front of their face. That's right. Um, so it's, it's obedience. It goes right back to what we talked about in the, in the beginning, having a will to do his will. Mm. I mean, John, this, this message of X and what you're saying right now feels like it could, it could be the pivot we've been talking about all year. <laughs> the pivot, everybody's talking about pivoting, but it feels like if, if more than 2% of us really did this, how much would oh. it pivot the impact of the, the multiplication impact of the gospel on our relationships in our lives? Addison, my oldest son. Uh, well, let me start with Chris. Chris Pace is on our team. He's from Australia. He's read every all 22 books I've written. And wow. uh, Chris, be, the reason is, 
is because Chris makes the teacher's manuals for our courses that we do. Mm-hmm. And Chris came to me like three times in the last couple of months. And he said, John, without a doubt, this is, I think, the best book you've ever written. My son, wow. Addison, who you had on your programs. Yeah, everybody me. loves Addison and Jules, man. Oh, they are they are yeah. such heroes around here. Oh, I love them. And so he uh, he said, Dad, I read the whole book in one day. I said, Addison, it's a 270-page book. There's no way. <laughs> right. He said, okay, I got up twice to go to the bathroom. Said, are you serious? <laughs> you read the entire, he said, I read the entire book on one sitting. Wow. He said, Dad, this book, there are things you've never even spoken to me in, in this book. He said, I was so dr- intrigued and so ministered to by this book. Mm. So I think it's really going to help people. Yeah. And I think that it is a great book for Bible studies for people yes. because it's got a ton of stories in it, but it's also systematically got a ton of scriptures in it. Yep. So I think it will help. Oh, I'm just ready for people to have it. I hope they will jump out and grab it and releases on November 17th. So it, it, they can grab it when it's out. Okay, John, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? We have one final question, but I want to make sure. Is there anything we left out? No. And thank you for asking that. But I think if I if I started talking about anything else, I'd go another 20 minutes. And uh, <laughs> It's I why have, I love you, though. I, have Dave, I just I have love Dave it. Ramsey's, uh, I have Dave Ramsey's podcast I've got to get to. Uh, oh, good. So, yeah, he's I'm your so neighbor. Glad. I'm just yes. so glad that somebody nobody got COVID in his place. <laughs> no, they've been great. I, yeah. And I love that team so much. They are wonderful. Oh, we all do. We all have yeah. so much respect for him and his team. Yeah, me too. Um, okay. So the last question we always ask, John, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you're doing for fun these days. Well, Annie, uh, my my greatest fun is is my family. I yeah. just so much joy out of my our four sons. And honestly, there's one I love even more, and that's just spending time with Lisa. We've had more yeah. time together in the last six months than we have in 38 years of marriage because of COVID. So it's what has been very painful to a lot of people has actually been a gift to Lisa and I. Sure. And uh, she looked at me a couple months into it and said, boy, I'm so glad I like you a lot because this would be really <laughs> rough if I didn't. Sure. <laughs> my wife's personality, they would get that. Yes. And she was on, I mean, that's the other thing between ex and godmothers. It just seems like y'all have both released shifting books this year. Uh, it, it is kind of weird. Um, uh, she actually launched two. She did Strong. She did Godmothers. And then Addison launched Saints in January. Yes. And then I just launched X. So our team has launched well, actually, it's going to be five books because Arden's redefined book comes out in January. So it'll be five books in one calendar year. Wow. I know. It's that, crazy. Is, that is really, I mean, it just feels like you want to look at all five of them, set them all next to each other and go, okay, Lord, what are you trying to say? <laughs> You're telling all the Bevere's things. Tell me. <laughs> just like our population, just like our population has greatly increased probably because of COVID. A lot of, uh-huh. pregnant, a lot of pregnant ladies out there right now. Yeah. Um, Probably there's a lot more books coming out in the next year. <laughs> yep, I think so too. I think so too. Well, and I just think one of the I just watched a clip of you and Lisa talking about marriage and I and you said maybe it was I can't remember the year you said but you were like if we wouldn't have made a vow we were we were in a hard spot if we wouldn't have made a vow but man on the other side of that hard spot I am so glad we stuck it out. And I just thought, man, what a beautiful, I mean, that doesn't work. You know, there's a lot of families who are deeply, sadly affected by divorce, but man, I, I just loved hearing y'all talk about like, 
we we are grateful for what we've gone through. Well, and we are, but we set a goal. My number one, you see, I, I'm amazed how people don't set goals for marriage. My number one marriage goal is that the day that Lisa leaves this earth, she'll love me more than the day she married me. My number two marriage goal is the day I leave this earth, I want to be more in love with her than the day I married her. So when you have that goal, you run up with something that may cause a divorce with somebody. And believe me, we could have been divorced. Um, you see it as a speed bump, not a not a brick wall. Mm. And, and so you realize, man, I hate this. I hate going through this. And it's not good right now. But we're going to get through this because we see that goal. That end result is going to be yeah. that she's going to love me more than the day we married. Yeah. And I would say that has probably helped us get through a lot of troubling times. Can people still access that course y'all did? The one you just did or you're just doing about marriage? Our marriage? Yeah. Um, we have a, a site called messengercourses.com uh, or they could go to johnbevere.com. They could go to either okay. one and they can get that marriage course. And, and the wonderful thing is we have like 30 other courses. So, right. Um, yeah. Okay. We'll make sure to link to all that. Thank you. I mean, you just think when someone says the most fun thing was spending the whole pandemic with their spouse, you're like, teach me how, teach me how to love like that. That is, that's pretty awesome. Oh, I just, I think the world of you, John, I'm so grateful for you and your family. I love you all a lot. Thank you oh, for making time for this today. It's very mutual. We have so much respect for you, Annie. And thank you. Thank you. Cause it's not easy what you, everybody's out there probably thinking, oh yeah, it's easy what she does. I mean, she's so blessed. Da, da, da. Now I want to tell everybody this is labor, what Annie does, but it's a labor of love. And I'm sure that it produces a lot of joy in your life, but everybody support Annie, please support uh, Annie because so pray nice. for her, support her financially, you know, get behind her because this is something that's very powerful and very beneficial how that she communicates the word of God in such a relevant, beautiful way. So oh, you're so kind to me. Thank you. Thank you. You guys, isn't he the best? Oh my gosh. We are so lucky to have wise men like John speaking in to our lives and to the generations coming after him. Be sure to get a copy of his book that comes out on November 17th called X, Multiply Your God-Given Potential. And if you've enjoyed this conversation with John, be sure to listen to the episode with his wife, Lisa. That was episode 239. And their son, Addison, and his wife, Juliana, who were with us during Couples Month in February 2020. What a family. Also, don't forget to follow John and let him know how grateful we are for what he taught us today. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, TSF, like that sounds fun, on YouTube. Okay, y'all, I think that's it for me today. What a week, yeah? Hope you are all right. Hope you are resting. I hope you get away from the internet and get some time outside with your people listening to podcasts you love, hopefully like this one. And get some good rest this weekend. You've earned it, my friends. You have earned it. So go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same. Have a really great weekend. And we'll see you back here on Monday celebrating Veterans Day with Captain Harold and Rachel Earls. Y'all are going to love them. Okay, see y'all Monday. Monday.